Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. And the thing that should really define us is the faith that we have in who? In Jesus Christ. So we have faith in Him first, and as a result of that faith, as a result of the indwelling of the Spirit of God, that faith produces something. There is fruit that comes out of that. It has to. If you are indwelt by the Spirit of God, the only thing that can come out of you, should come out of you, is that which is of God. Things of God, the things of His Word, should be coming out. And it really is that simple. It is that simple. So we don't ever want to get lopsided and think, well, it's my works. They're really important. Yeah, they're important. But also, remember that it's your faith that is the first thing. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of Truth in Christ. Today, Pastor Rob asks, do you know what your faith is in? Our faith can rest upon a number of things in this life, but as Christians, we know that our faith should always rest on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Pastor Rob tells us in this part of James chapter 2 that without works, faith is unseen. We know that our works cannot get us into heaven, and only trust and belief in Jesus Christ can do that. But if we have that trust and belief in Jesus Christ, we will also carry with us the urge to work out that faith. The genuine faith of Jesus Christ will express itself in good works and will be made known to those around us. Let's listen to Pastor Rob as he gives this important message. Amen. Let's open up our Bibles to James chapter 2. And if you would, if you, ha- if you don't have a Bible, please raise your hand and the ushers will come by and give you a Bible you can use. And if you don't own a Bible and you like the Bible that we give you, it's, it's genuine leather and it's uh, gold gilded pages from India. You can keep those Bibles or if you already have one, you can uh, return it to the back after you're done with it. But let's look at James chapter 2, and we're beginning in verse 14 this morning, and the chapter, uh, or the, the message for this morning is, where is your faith? Where is your faith? And our faith can be in many different places. Our faith can even be in faith, and our faith is to be only in one, and that is Jesus Christ. And we all know this, but sometimes we can put our faith in things that just have no foundation, and they, they just crumble before us, and we find out really where our faith really is. But God, this morning, I believe, it really wants to encourage us to, to understand this concept and to understand that our faith is a gift. It's a gift that he gives us. Look with me. We're going to read James, uh, the second chapter, verses 14 through 26. Let's read it together. It says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, also, faith by itself is, if it does not have works, it is dead. It's a dead faith. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. 
And James' response is, Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe in God. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that his faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect, or complete, or mature? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted, accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? And here it is. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You know, when you look at this uh, passage of Scripture that we're looking at today, and then you look over in chapter 1 and verse 22, that we just talked about last week, you might get the impression that James is only concerned about works, that it's about get out there and do the work. Get out there and do the work. Don't be lazy. Get up and go out and do the work. And that's really not the case because the Bible presents to us two different views on this whole idea of faith and works. Because if we're just the kind of person who is only works-oriented, we're going to be lopsided, and we're going to tend to be puffed up in pride because of the things that I do. And the things that we do are going to be the thing that defines us. And the thing that should really define us is the faith that we have in who? In Jesus Christ. So we have faith in him first, and as a result of that faith, as a result of the indwelling of the Spirit of God, that faith produces something. There is fruit that comes out of that. It has to. If you are indwelt by the Spirit of God, the only thing that can come out of you, should come out of you, is that which is of God. Things of God, the things of his word, should be coming out. And it really is that simple. It is that simple. So we don't ever want to get lopsided and think, well, it's my works. They're really important. Yeah, they're important. But also remember that it's your faith that is the first thing. Your faith is what, in Christ is what produces that work in you. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure, right? Is that what the Bible says? For we are created unto good works, but not at the expense of our relationship with him. That has to be paramount. That has to be the, the single thing. You know, when you look at these two passages, like in in chapter 1 there, verse 22, James says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You know, when you couple that with what we just read here in in the second half of chapter 2, you know, it brings to mind Mary and Martha in Luke chapter 10. Remember, we've talked about this over and over again over the last several weeks, but Mary was one of those who wanted to sit at Jesus' feet. She was the one who was really operating in faith at that time because she wanted to hear what the Son of God had to say. She wanted to hear what the living God had to say. And Martha, I know, loved Jesus, but her heart was just in a place where she was so focused on her works, doing and doing and doing. And if we do something well in America, we do works really well. Meaning it's easy to be busy because sometimes we can use our busyness as a cloak for the deeper thing. I can use my works as a smokescreen for what's really not happening inside. And Jesus, I believe this morning, wants to encourage us, where is your faith? Let your faith be grounded solely in him, and then let the works follow afterwards. Amen? There are three types of faith in this section that we see. There's a dead faith, there's a demonic faith, and there is a saving faith. And so 
Let's read it. It says in verse 14, he says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? In other words, is there saving faith in somebody who just says, I have faith but not have works? You know, in Hebrews chapter 1, it says this. It says, By faith, we have to understand what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I love that. It's the, it's the substance of things hoped for. You're hoping for it. And yet it's the substance, it's the evidence of things not seen. Evidence is something that you should see, right? In a courtroom, they present evidence. Or in our congressional hearings, they... I don't know what they bring. But evidence, evidence is something that you can look at and you can touch and you can feel. But he says it's like that. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. It's like you have it in the bank already. It's evidence, but yet you don't have it yet. It's not seen. And yet you know it in your heart, and nobody can wrestle it from you. Isn't that a wonderful thing? I love that about the Lord. It's a mystery to every child of God. When he, gives, when he speaks to your heart, it is so incredibly, it's got you. And you know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. You can't explain it. It defies explanation. You tell people and they look at you like you got three heads. But you know it in your heart of hearts. And you respond to that. And God honors that. Isn't that wonderful? So that's what faith is. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him. But he who comes to God must believe that he is, that he is God, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Are you diligently seeking the Lord? Are you just going through the motions of your devotions and that's it? Don't let your devotions just be the only thing you do. Get into it and let the Lord minister to you. I need to do that. And when it speaks of works, works are those things that are a result of that faith or not. And what do I mean by that? There are, in the Bible, it speaks of the works of the law. It speaks of the works of the flesh. It speaks of evil works. And it also speaks of good works. And so a person who has dead faith has it because they are not born again. They don't have the Spirit of God in them. They don't have a saving faith. We have to be careful that we don't become people who talk the talk, but we don't walk the walk. Because you can talk to anybody... You can talk to somebody about your faith all day long, but until they see it in practice in your own life, they have every right to believe that there's just something not right here. There's something not right. Amen? But a good leader will lead by example, not just by giving directives. That's what a leader does. You know, my brother is a major in the Lee County Sheriff's Department down in Lee County, Florida, and he's got a number of men underneath him. He's got several divisions underneath him. And my brother's a wonderful man, and he, um, he leads by example. As a major, it would be very comfortable for him just to sit in an office and sit at a computer and write things on papers and, and make commands and bark orders. But my brother is the kind where when there's a new rookie who's just coming on the squad, he'll actually get, uh, get his stuff and put it in the patrol car, and he'll go with him that day. And he picks different people that he'll sit with and he'll ride with and he'll, he'll go through it. And as he's driving around the patrol car, as they go from call to call, he's talking to them and giving them experience that he has. He's got a number of years of experience, over 20 years or so. I mean, he's got a lot of experience. And he's great at what he does. And the men respect him for that because he's not just a man sitting behind a desk. But he leads by example. He doesn't lead just by telling. You know, have you ever said to somebody, do as I say but don't do as I do? Or do as I say, but your, your works don't show it. We can't be like that. So it's important for our faith that it's substantiated by works. But our faith happens first. It needs to be there. 
Because if there are no works, there is no way that our faith is, is really genuine and that we believe in what we say. Anybody in here from Missouri? Grow, grew up in Missouri? Lived in Missouri? Not a single soul. <laughs> well, they have a license plate, and it says, show me. That's, that's the, their motto of their state. It's the show me state. Show me. And I like that because we need to be on display. And our lives, whether we like it or not, are on display. And so we need to show forth those things that God has already worked in. But again, not at the expense of faith. Faith is the principal thing. Our works are what follows. Always don't get that lopsided. Otherwise, it'll be like a balance like this. And you'll be filled with good works and filled with very busy life. But then you're relationship, your personal relationship with the Lord starts to tank. And then you find that you're empty and you're still trying to do these works and you end up doing them in the flesh instead of being led by the Lord. I believe that when we are led by the Lord and we're operating in faith and trusting and listening to him, that our lives will be probably less busy than they are. Because he can handpick, he can cherry-pick those things. You know, he could say, you know, Rob, this is all nice. you got this calendar that's full of this stuff. But I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to do that. This can wait till tomorrow. This is the most important thing you need to do today. Be about that and that and nothing else. And boy, that's hard for us because we have tasks. And we pull out our card and or pull out our sheet of paper or our iPhone or whatever it is, and we just check them off as we go. And God's saying, will you just rest? Rest and let my faith permeate your whole being. And then let me guide you and direct you. And your life will be filled with peace much peaceful, more peaceful than maybe what you're experiencing right now. If you feel like you're on the, on the ragged edge of things, you need to listen to this this morning. I need to listen to this because I am the same as you. We're all the same. I'm so driven by my tasks. I am. That's one thing I'm good at, man. You give me a, a task, I can knock it off, and I'll do it in the flesh because I'll just get it done. I'll just steamroll over it. And then at the end of the day, I'm confused, frustrated, maybe even a little angry at somebody else, angry at myself. And certainly God's going, where are you, Rob? (laughs) It's like Adam in in the garden, where are you? Oh, Lord, I'm just doing my thing. Oh, okay. Why don't you try my thing? Didn't I say my yoke was easy, my burden is light? Why are you running around like a child that's just running around like a chicken with its head cut off? Why are you so busy and you're not, there's no fellowship anymore? What about us? What about my relationship with you, Rob? See, God doesn't need me, but I need him. I need him so desperately, and he's got everything. He he was just fine before he spoke everything into existence. Before Genesis 1, verse 1, God was fine. (laughs) He didn't need anything. He didn't need us, but he delights in fellowship, in the one that he created. And you have the choice to love him or to, to deny him. You have the choice to be obedient or to be disobedient. And you have to make the decision today to be obedient. In verse 15, he says, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and if one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? You know, the Christian church, you know, um, we ought to be the most giving and the most compassionate of any organization. You know, there are, there are all kinds of organizations out there, world vision, compassion. There's all kinds of things that are out there, but we need uh, to show genuine uh, uh, compassion. But that's not the only thing that we need to do because there are many humanitarian efforts out there, and we must not let them be our crutch. 
because we can say, well, they'll take care of the, the feeding and the clothing. No, we need to do that. But the thing that we need to do most is to feed people the word of God. That's the thing that uh, an organization may not do. Some of them do, but many of them do not. And so we need to give them the thing that the church can only give, and that is the truth of the word of God. Amen? In Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Here it is. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The salvation that God has placed in us, that ought to bear fruit. And that's the thing. That's where the works come from. It comes from the salvation, the faith that he gives us. Everything pours out from that. It's worship. Worship is responding to what God has already done. He's already done the work. It is finished. That's what he said on the cross, right? To tell us, stay I. It was, uh, you know this, it was a, a financial, it was a, an accounting sort of term. It's the, the, the price has been paid in full. He said, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. But let's not close our eyes to the real needs of people around us. And in verse 17 it says, thus also faith by itself if it does not have works, it is dead. Works are important, however. To guard against the other extreme of resting in your works or legalism, Paul the Apostle in Galatians chapter 3, verse 9, he warns against the extremes of the works. Now, I think it's interesting because when you look at the life of Paul the Apostle, he was a Pharisee. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He was of the stock of Benjamin. He had something to boast about, not before God. But he had something to boast about. And Paul, I believe, because of his background, everything that he did prior to his conversion on the road to Damascus was about works. It was about him doing something. It was about him fulfilling the law or going through the right motions, going through the motions. I believe in my heart that Paul was so focused on the, the, the danger of being so uh, works-oriented that he slung back and said, you know what, faith is the principal thing. And he's right. Faith is the principal thing. We've already talked about it. And then here in James, being the half-brother of Jesus, growing up with him all those years and experiencing the grace of Christ, you know, he was of a different place in his mind. And it's probably saying to these 12 tribes that have been scattered, these believers, saying, don't rest, don't just get, don't just don't get um, too subtle, get out, you know, let, let God work in you, right? And so the truth of this whole idea between faith and works, the truth is both. It's not just works, it's not just faith, but faith produces the works. Does that make sense? I think it does. And the book of James was actually written before Galatians, before the, book of, uh, the letter to Galatians, and also uh, the book of Romans that Paul had penned. And if we look at uh, Galatians, here are some verses that we're going to be looking at. Uh, Paul said this in Galatians. He said, Foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit and are now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham, here it is, believed God. This is a quote from Genesis chapter 15. He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. It was literally another accounting term. It was accounted. It was, it was placed in the bank for him. 
It was, it was something that was done for him because he believed God. Again, faith. Abraham believed God, and it was through faith. And in Romans chapter 3, it says this. He says, uh, where is boasting then? It's excluded. By what? Law or works? No, but by the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Notice that. Paul is on the, on, the, on the one side, and we have James on the other, and they're really, if they were in the same room, if they were in a congressional hearing, <laughs> and I keep bringing that up, why is that? Um, if they were in a congressional hearing, they'd both be sitting across the table, and they would be sharing both of their views, and they'd both be saying, yeah, we're both right. There's no problem here, even though the attorneys want to stir something up. They're, no, we're, we're fine. This is all true. The works are supposed to come, and the faith is supposed to be there. Supposed to have faith in God, that's where the works come from. Yeah, so there's no problem. Just because they're in two different letters doesn't mean that they're, they're, one is true and the other isn't. One is built upon the other. Because what does it say in James chapter 2, verse 24? At the end of our chapter, it says, You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. So he's not saying works only, but he says he's justified by what he does and not just by faith only. The implication is the faith has to be there. He's justified by faith because Paul would say, in Romans chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. He says, What shall we say then about Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? Actually, I think I missed the reference there. Uh, What then shall we say uh, that Abraham our father was found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as of debt. And we, you can go ahead and look at the rest of, uh, of Romans and, and look at verses 13 through 22, and you can read more into that. But the, the idea is it's faith. The faith that God works in you. For it is he who works in you both to will and then what? To do. To do. To will and then to do. First you have to be willing, and that's God working in you by faith, working in you. And then as a result of that, and the natural result of that is going out and doing, but never get the two lopsided. And whenever you find yourself frustrated and frazzled, you have to go back to the first thing and just say, Lord, I need to be with you. I need to sit down and, and, and be at your feet like Mary. And nobody's going to like you for it. <laughs> no one's going to like you for it. But let that happen. And then in verse 18, we have what, we, um, what can be conceived as a demonic faith. It says, But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. And he says, Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. And usually this is someone who is so boasting in what they do, and usually folks like that are bordering on legalism, if not already in legalism, just always looking at other people. You're not measuring up to what I'm doing. And it's a horrible thing when we start to look at each other, and we start to fight against one another, and we start to get critical toward one another. Jesus grieves when we do that, because we're not doing it for him anymore. We're just doing it to make ourselves look good. And there's only one who really looks good. That's Jesus. He's beautiful. He says, verse 19, You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe, and they tremble. So here it is in Mark chapter 1, verse 21 through 24, it says this. It says, When Jesus went to Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. 
And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, Notice. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcast. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, this has been Truth in Christ.